Welcome to the T-Squared Dad's Brown Bag Podcast. Here's your hosts, Kyle Baker and Dieter Burrell. All right, welcome back to the T-Squared Dad's Brown Bag Podcast. As always, Dieter and Kyle here. Um, we are finally getting back together. Um, we've had some crazy stuff going on as always, super stressful and lots of traveling and uh, being out of town. So, But we finally have made some time to get back together, Dieter, and have some good quality discussion. Um, I know you just got back from Miami, right? Yeah. Um, I had to run down there um, and uh, had a family emergency um, to take care of. Um, but uh, kind of hitting on that topic, which is how people deal with um, family emergencies when they have to kind of step out of the office or step, step out of their everyday routine to kind of help uh, an elderly parent or, or or a child or someone that's really ill and you know in, in my situation and you can probably uh, tell tell us a little bit about your position that you're in Kyle working for a company versus kind of being sole, sole proprietor and kind of managing your own yourself it's a it's a lot easier to step out um, when you can reach out to your clients and tell them what's going on and they have reasonable expectations, you know, you can explain to them the situation to some extent, you don't have to go into full detail. And, uh, if you have very understanding clients, nine out of 10 times, you are now going to find yourself pressured versus, right. um, cause then you can actually, uh, balance, balance your personal and professional life, um, as a sole proprietor, a lot easier because you're all you're in control of all that situation versus you, and you can explain that. Um, yeah, I mean, it seems like you know, I, I we talked a little bit about you leaving, and you know, kind of being able to tell your clients, hey, I've had something come up. We're going to put everything on hold for a week or two while I handle what I need to, and you kind of get that immediate feedback. Yeah, sure, that's fine. Take care of what you need to, and we'll get back to it as soon as you get back in town. Whereas working for pretty much any other kind of a firm, you don't have necessarily all of that information. And so what really ends up happening is that work doesn't stop. It gets shuffled around the office to someone else to kind of pick up the loose ends while you're gone. But one thing that does, that is a benefit is, you know, you're going to get paid, right? Most of the time when you're working at a firm, as long as you're not going on like short-term disability or something like that, you're going to get your paycheck still. You're taking your PTO or whatever, but as a sole proprietor, that's one of those things where you have to kind of weigh in. Yes, you have a little bit more control of how you're going to handle that, but you also might lose out on getting some money in over those couple of weeks. Is that kind of what you saw happen? or? Yeah, yeah. I, I realized that it, it, if I postponed something, it would mean having to invoice later, later down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, because the way I'm very conservative... I, I know that I'm going to get a certain amount uh, every month because I've allocated that much to pay myself. And there's going to come a point if that happens again that I'm going to have to sacrifice that money coming in to reduce it because I know that I need to balance that out. Um, and you always want to have 
you always want to make sure that you have some uh, buffer when you're running your own business so that you're not, say, for example, we're just going to say, you know, say, for example, um, you had sales of $20,000. You're not going to pay yourself $20,000 and that puts a, that leaves the bank account to zero. So you're not, you know, you got to put some sort of buffer to say, hey, I need to pay myself a reasonable amount so that if the next month something doesn't come in, there's money available for me to pay myself. Right. Um, kind of fill in those coffers that way in case of an emergency fund and all those types of things. Right. You're kind of setting yourself up to still have some of that paid time where you're not actually bringing money in, whether it's because of a family emergency or the market changes for a couple of months and the work's not coming in as much. So you kind of are building up that uh, that stockpile of, of money to be able to handle some of those situations. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, and, I, and I've been very lucky um, because I haven't been to uh, haven't scrutinized the clients so mm. much. I say, oh, I'm not going to take this one, I'm not going to that one. Uh, I think I, I have such a wide spectrum of tools because of my experience that I can manage different clients with different types of needs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like uh, like some of the some of the firms that I worked at, you know, it's like some firms are, are tailored better at doing sports facilities, and others are better at doing medical facilities. Right. Um, there's some that don't know, they aren't very tailored for hospitality or even, uh, strip malls. Like you, you, you don't, you don't, you don't see a, a, a client reaching out to a, a firm that's known for hospital work to do a strip mall because they feel so, uh, apprehensive, you know, it's the same thing. So, um, I've been kind of taking in many different type of clients and they're not too big. But it's it's a good level. Mm-hmm. It's a good balance right. of, of work, uh, and I can manage it. And um, like I've said in the past, it's like it's just going to take that one client, you know, kind of to for me to kind of merge a couple of my um, friends, associates, and uh, to be able to manage a bigger project. Yeah, you know, I, I think I think bigger projects sometimes clients get apprehensive uh, reaching out to companies that are smaller, but they don't realize that these smaller companies have a wider range of flexibility because right. they, can, they can they can they can partner up with uh, other people and then some of them have like three or four deep employees and they can subdivide like for here for example and this is out of out of topic just because i'm kind of we're just kind of talking in general about how to how to manage clients and business in family emergencies too from uh, from having gone to miami I remember when I was working with Architectonica and I saw how they had different uh, firms. One would be the designer for the bowl, which we were doing an arena. So one uh, was designing the bowl and all the seating configurations to make sure they maximize viewing so they could sell more tickets. Another firm was designing the cladding, the skin of the building. Another firm, which was uh, our firm, was designing all the interior. Mm, all packages. the concourse yeah, and yeah. all that kind of yeah, stuff. Everything. And um, we're designing the bathrooms and everything else. So it, it, it subdivided a lot of the responsibilities, which doesn't doesn't mean that you couldn't do that as well when you got a, a medium-sized project. And you say, hey, I'm going to take on all the design decisions. I'm going to take on those responsibilities and managing the client. And I'm going to have this secondary firm 
do all the detailing for the cladding and windows and doors and everything else. Right. So it's managing. The managing is important. Managing your clients, especially when you have to step out of the, uh, out of your profession uh, and deal with family emergencies. So. Yeah, and 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 I think we're you know we talk about like the emergencies and like that. You know, I'm working on Wednesday. Next thing I know, Thursday, I have to get on a plane and fly somewhere for something. But I think one of the other things that we necessarily aren't talking about is maybe like those planned type times you're going to be off, like taking a vacation in three months, taking, you know, time off to be with your family and things like that, where you can, as a sole proprietor, you can almost like double time leading into that so that you're getting all those projects out, getting all of those deadlines met so that you can get your funding in early, as opposed to letting them drag out a little bit longer, that we can get all that money coming in. And then you take your two weeks to go on vacation or, or whatever the case may be, or, you know, you're going to have a, 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 a child coming. So, you know, okay, my child's going to be here in August. All right. So the springtime and early you know and early in the summer i'm going to do twice as much work as i normally would that way when my child gets here i can have a month where i don't have to get paid because i did that month's worth of work three months ago um so trying to plan ahead like that especially as a sole proprietor i think is is definitely beneficial now like we were talking about there's always going to be those things that pop up that you can't control and they can't wait like your trip to Miami, it couldn't wait. It had to happen right then. You couldn't say, oh, well, I'll be down there in two months and, and we'll take care of it then. But um, I think that I think that's good. And I think that's a lot of things that you know people don't necessarily think about whenever they think about going out on their own versus being in, in the office at a firm that can kind of handle one person being out. Um, right now, your firm is one person. So if that person's not there, no, nothing's getting done. Um but let's talk about some of the other fun stuff, man. I know you, you took the trip down to Miami. You sent me some cool pictures of some buildings down there. And how was it? Well, you know, it's it's um, it's interesting to have gone because I, I went to I went to Miami. Yeah, when was last the last time year that you, last for year? Thanksgiving? And um, it, it just just going we, and we went to the I think we went to the Frost Museum. Mm. And uh, if anybody's listening and. and and you've not, not gone there, you have to experience that building. It's beautiful. The architecturally, not only that, but the, the they have this like, I don't know how many gallons this tank is, but it's centered in the building and has this beautiful marine life in it. And you experience it from, I think, the ground floor when you look up underneath it all the way up to the sixth floor when you can actually look down into the... And this building's like in downtown, right? It's downtown, literally like walking distance to the Miami Arena. Gotcha. Bayside, if anybody knows that area. Um, Gorgeous building, great experience. But here's the thing. The traffic was atrocious back then. Mm-hmm. Um, No, wait a minute. Because that was... That wasn't last year. It was the year before. It was 2019. November of 2019. Traffic was crazy yeah people i mean everybody was you know walking and it's like elbow to elbow uh jam-packed downtown yeah i always tell this one story um of my one and only trip to south beach i went down there with a couple friends and we were going to go down and have lunch hang out on the beach all day we drove around for about an hour and a half trying to find a parking spot. Couldn't find one, so we just got back on the interstate and headed home. Never even stopped. Went to South Beach. We didn't even get to stop because we couldn't find a place to park. Traffic was crazy. And that's how it was. I mean, that's 
from what I know, that's how it is almost all the time down there. It's just tons of people, um, tons of people always moving around in downtown. And that's how it was whenever you were down there for Thanksgiving. Yeah. But what was it like now? Um, I got on US one from uh, coming coming from Candle to go to go downtown because we had to go to uh, Mercy Hospital, and um, we ended up driving. It took us like thirty five minutes, which normally you would have taken you in like an hour. Mm. And uh, I was just like driving, looking around, going, "There's cars." But it feels like I'm I'm in Pensacola. I was about to say like Pensacola traffic. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't crazy, and, and here's the other thing that I uh, I noticed was, um, I went to to Starbucks to get some coffee because I was waiting, um, you know, um, there for a phone call, and uh, everybody's everybody, everybody's wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. Everybody's wearing masks. And, Still and, wearing masks. Yeah. The one thing, I, the one thing I don't understand is that when they go shopping to to the to the grocery store, they literally don't have any cooth about six foot distances and reaching over your shoulder to get something from <laughs> you. Yeah. Like they don't realize that you, you know they're invading your personal space. Not only that, but you know. There goes that six foot distance to try to maintain, you know, it's like your, your, you know, that, that COVID distance. Um, anyways, uh, the other thing I did notice too was the beaches were very empty because mm. we drove, I drove by, I uh, went down to South, South beach. That's uh, surprising. I would have thought an outdoor yeah. type thing would have been where everybody was trying to flock to. Yeah. Yeah. You would have thought it, but it was, it, it was, a, the, it was the, uh, the middle, the middle, I think it was. When it was a Saturday, it was a Saturday, um, and I was driving around thinking, you know, it's like it's not early morning; it's almost midday, and the traffic down at the beach wasn't wasn't crazy. I remember living down there, and it was just on a Saturday morning, right after not even—I mean, not, not even morning, but more like after lunch. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of traffic. Yeah. The other thing too that I that that I experienced was. Um, my phone, my phone service. When I was when I was downtown, um, I had great reception. I, ha- I had the, the w- connectivity for Wi-Fi hotspots. I created a hotspot on my phone. I had great connection. But when I was down in uh, Kendall, which is more of a neighborhood kind of yeah. setup, it was horrible. I couldn't. I I, I, I would create a hotspot, but I. I the bandwidth it was just to, uh, it was atrocious everybody's working from home everybody's using up all the signal so you know for, for as much as people are are connected uh wired there's more people connected wireless wirelessly yeah so they're just they're just eating bandwidth like crazy and uh, i was by the way i was using verizon um <laughs> just just a shout out to verizon so they can fix the problem it, it it was an experience. It was a it was a totally different experience driving those roads. I remember driving down, and it, for people that are from Miami, if you're listening, Burr Road, uh, Miller Road, Eighth Street, Flagler. We went down all those roads, and it, the traffic was not just normal traffic. Oh for... my gosh, it's like it was almost like day and night. Yeah. It, it, Have it, you ever seen it like that before? Never, well, I mean, back when I was a kid. Yeah, living in Miami back that, that's back in the '80s. But even then, there was some traffic. This one was kind of like normal, like as if I we were get, over I in Milton go, or yeah, something. Yeah, I can go from point A to point B, and there wasn't like a not ton stop of, and go. And 
Mm-hmm. Hey, that makes it a little bit more enjoyable. Maybe people are uh, either staying home or maybe they're not driving as much. Who knows? Yeah. You know, oh, you know where I, where I did go, um, and I told my mom, I'll "Take me. I need. I need. I need to go see it." Because uh, you guys remember that bridge, uh, FIU, that collapsed. Yeah. Uh, my mom took me, and because uh, I said I want to go see where the bridge would have sat, mm. and uh, she took me. It's all cleaned up, obviously. But, yeah. Uh, um, I went over there and checked out, and she goes, "You see that? You see that little pier? That's where the br- that's where the bridge would have sat on one side of the road. Because they stayed. They stay, They didn't jackhammer those things off. They they kept them. Mm-hmm. I guess they cleaned everything that wasn't there, and, and they kept those two piers. And I'll be honest with you, for a bridge that spanned a f- eight lane road, eight lane. I'm not saying six lane. Eight yeah. lane. Those are some very narrow little piers. Really. I was like, holy, and I know it's a pedestrian and everybody's going to say, it's like, well, it was a pedestrian. Yeah, but you're spanning and, and they had engineered it to be a concrete bridge. All right, guys. Yeah, concrete, I mean, what, it's probably a hundred foot span. Li- yeah. At least. It, eight times 12. Think about it. Yeah. That was almost a hundred. Yeah, it's a hundred, almost a hundred feet. So it's probably somewhere between hundred and 120 feet. Yeah, that's a long ha- way to span. That's a heck of a long, and I, and I told my mom, it's like, I, I think I saw a sketch that, uh. Or a rendering that there was a center pier. She goes, no, nope, there was no center pier when they were putting it up. Are you serious? He goes, yeah. It's like, and uh, they had already reported. Well, anyways, that, that would be another podcast. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I went by there and it was all cleaned up, but it just kind of seemed odd. And of course, again, it, it, the, that area around the FIU wasn't. It wasn't desolate, but there was traffic. But it was just normal, moving traffic. It, you know, I mean, I visited New York and it was like crazy bumper to bumper. Yeah. I mean, that's just in New York. Obviously, it's insane. And, and California is another one that I visited. And, it, and when you get on that highway, I forgot what the name of the highway. You guys, some of you guys out there know it that goes north to south. Um, and uh, uh, I guess it goes from San Francisco down to hell. Uh, yeah, it runs like almost a whole length. Right? Yeah. It's like you get on in the middle of the day and it's like you might as well just kiss two hours of your life yeah goodbye it's just not you know it's just creepy creepy crawly so yeah it's a uh, the COVID life in a metropolitan city is totally different than what i have ever experienced yeah well good man well i'm i'm glad you were able to take care of what you needed to down there and got to at least do a couple of fun things while you were at it mm-hmm. and see some old old places and you know visit the old stomping grounds and you know we'll, we'll definitely have to circle back and see how everything changes the next trip you go down there see if things start to pick up or if maybe miami is done i doubt it but thanks everybody for uh listening and uh we will talk to you guys next time but before we go as always our joke of the day why did the clydesdale give the pony a glass of water because he was a little horse Thanks for listening to the T-Squared Dad's Brown Bag Podcast. Please subscribe on your favorite platform and we will talk to you next time.